Contemporary consensus reality now states that there are craft of unknown origin visiting our planet. It's been disclosed that there are shadow programs in possession of many of these downed craft, as well as the shocking word biologics being thrown around. It's been heavenly discussed that these programs may have been reverse engineering those craft for some time now. Contemporary consensus reality tells us a lot of things about our world and what's possible as a human person living in it. It tells us that our thoughts are in our heads, where consciousness just happens to emerge. And that those thoughts, they're for us alone. It tells us that we humans are apex predators, masters of the earth, and that the animals are all machines. Your cat is just a biological machine. Experiences of the divine are illusory at best. At worst, they're mental illnesses. Contemporary consensus reality tells us that the natural world and indigenous peoples were so happy to be colonized by a civilized, technologically advanced culture that outer space has now heard the news and is eagerly awaiting our subjugation of it. Contemporary consensus reality tells us a lot of things, all of which may or may not be true. But it will say them as if they are stone-cold fact. Rupert Sheldrake elucidates this point nicely through a list of ten scientific dogmas in his book The Science Delusion, or Science Set Free if you have the milquetoast American version. The big hitters off that list are the nature, that nature is mechanical and that all life is robotic, that matter is unconscious, which is essentially the opposite of animism, that nature has no purpose, that offspring are exclusively a product of genetics, that memory is a physically stored chunk of data within the brain, that mind is in the head, telepathy is impossible, and only Rockefeller-approved allopathic medicine is effective. All of these dogmas, along with those that I didn't mention, are provably false. Now, if we've only gotten this far and you find yourself squirming out of your chair, this is a good place to pause and start investigating what the fuck I'm even talking about. And there are some links in the show notes to do just that. But as we can see through these carefully illustrated dogmas, consensus reality is sort of brittle. Whether or not we can put a man past the Van Allen belt or not, in all likelihood, Stanley Kubrick directed the moon landing as we know it. There's a shit ton of footage of green screens glitching and visible bubbles floating up from breathing apparatuses through a medium of what should be empty space in live feeds from the ISS and numerous spacewalks and repairs. There are so many of these AV club amateur hour fuck-ups that a guy actually took the evidence to court in Brevard County, Florida a while back, urging the local council to run it up the flagpole and start asking 
where are these billions of dollars of tax money really going? There are currently planned missions to the moon with the objective to collect dust. And all the news stories relating to it are saying that we can finally get to the bottom of just what this moon dust is made of. As if nobody remembers the fat stacks of the shit we supposedly brought back decades ago. Gifted to foreign dignitaries and studied in an absolute fever at the time. Jacques Vallée drew data from countless experiences of the phenomenon, and many of them being far stranger than comprehension, he had to conclude that absurdity is almost definitely, in actuality, a feature of these experiences. Now this aligns with Chris Bledsoe's take that restoring a sense of wonder and awe is a gift that they bestow upon those who are visited, albeit in some cases far less pleasantly than others. Diana Pasulka has discussed at length how there are two data sets for all phenomenon-related events. There's the data set regarding that which experiencers feel comfortable telling authorities or, or media about which is usually almost exclusively related to the sensory aspect, the sights, the sounds. But then there's the weirder, emotional, energetic, bodily, and some even say spiritual aspect of these encounters that are usually only reported to family and friends, trusted friends. This is interesting because we, as humans, will deny the most profound parts and almost definitely the most important ones by stripping them from the story in order to conform to contemporary consensus reality, which perpetuates this tendency within other experiencers to omit valuable data. When you add to this the mountains of evidence that disseminating false information about the phenomenon has long been an expensive and insidious top priority of the intelligence hydra, that many instances of the phenomenon are non-physical, that the Venn diagram between UFOs and fairy encounters throughout history overlap an uncomfortable amount, and that Jacques Vallée has an entire library of angelic and demonic magical texts which seem to be important to his research. Well, contemporary consensus reality starts looking a little bit frail, a little transparent, like it needs a blood sugar snack. But the question isn't aliens or not aliens. The question is why has there been so much effort made, so much money spent, so many lies told to support one narrow view of the phenomenon? What is the fucking point in telling people it's aliens if it's more complex than that? Well, for starters, 
Aliens can be fought. Aliens support the idea that space awaits our colonization. And that all that NASA money is going exactly where it's supposed to. The progress towards more and better technology is not a myth, but a constant truth and the inevitable future. And while aliens may prove an existential threat to humanity in the short term, which does offset the grand authority of our authorities, the important thing is that they are not gods. They're just creatures like you and me under this version of the story. And thus, they can be killed. They can be dominated. This leaves the door open. This leaves the door open for our reverse engineering and our own human ingenuity of those in control, of those with the power, to reclaim military superiority at some point in the future. Imagine the faith in our authorities that we would have that could be cultivated if they successfully fought off the extraterrestrial threat with stolen ET tech. What a clever-ass boss move. Or if we at least believed they did, because it looked good enough on YouTube. Chris Bledsoe has experienced the phenomenon healing terminal cancer in people who have been with him during an encounter. He says they're luminous beings who know your thoughts before you have them. The time is different or non-existent for them. He also recounted how a NASA scientist, who supposedly took it upon himself to investigate Chris's story out of his own burning curiosity, told him that the phenomenon wants nothing to do with the government agencies who study them, and that they need to study people like Chris, who the phenomenon is friendly with, in order to better understand it. When Arthur C. Clarke penned his third law, that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic, it sort of turned into a mythical canon. It's a solid reason. It makes sense to just about any average mind. But it also sounds smart and can't really be argued. This device is used within the modern mythos. Not necessarily intentionally, but it is used to categorize experiences of the numinous as exclusively technological. It becomes a funnel of normalcy an anchor point within contemporary consensus reality, where even if it's so far advanced that it cannot be understood by us now, it can at least be understood eventually by somebody on Team Human. There's some comfort in that. It reminds me of all those airships that were sighted a few hundred years back, I think 17, 1800s. There were people getting abducted by hooks or anchors coming down from large flying vessels in the sky. Clearly a numinous experience. Except that in each case of these airships showing up or drifting by, or people getting hooked by them, 
some guy would show up in a local village or town talking about patents and technology, about the way that the airship worked and the tech it used, which seems to fill in the gaps, which seems to front load the minds of the locals with still fantastical but certainly more rational details about these inherently inexplicable events. I'm not saying that these were for sure official agents sent by authorities to inseminate information which normalized as much as possible these encounters with phenomenon, but it does sort of fit the overall vibe, and it does bring things a little bit closer back to Earth. And the potential for us to reverse engineer these things goes a long way in the mind towards supporting the authority of our authorities. We might be behind the game a bit, but these alien ships are made shoddy and they crash so often that we've been catching up. We might even put up a good fight by now. Good thing those authorities have been looking out for us. Good thing we gave them all that tax money. All right, let me put it this way. In the hundreds of thousands of years that modern humans and our ancestors before that walked the earth, there has been magic. There have been spirits. Even Neanderthals made circles with the skulls of their dead relations. The sky people were still here, but they weren't aliens. They were sky people. Watchers in Enoch, dactyls in Greece. There are many examples of human and non-human intelligences interacting throughout history. There are practical modalities left to us by our forebears for contacting them. And there are precise details about what they do even in some sources. It seems wherever the Watchers show up, so does technology. In Enoch, they offered tech like makeup, metallurgy, the arts. Literally all technology seems to arise from these human to more than human encounters across time, cultures, and belief systems. It has only been a few hundred years since we cease to see the world as alive. It's only been a few hundred years since we stopped believing in spirits. A few hundred years versus hundreds of thousands. Because I'm not just counting humanity who very well may have gone back that far for all we actually know. But our close to human ancestors who came before us, and even as the odd man out, even in with just those few hundred years, we've managed to have some pretty remarkable, incredible things happen. The invention of LSD comes to mind, which... Hoffman supposedly got from a dream. 
The modern space program has a thalamic rocket scientist to thank, and much of the tech that we had explode in Silicon Valley in the 90s, along with a lot of that excellent Star Trek writing that we liked so much, had those that conjured the Nine involved in creating it, because that's what they went on to do after they conjured the Nine. They made tech, and they wrote myths about tech. Now, couple this with the fact that Diana Pasulka reports that what we commonly hear referred to as crash sites are actually referred to by official agencies as donation sites and are not considered crashes at all. Now, what happens when the populace figures out that there are beings made of light who know your thoughts before you have them, that can heal terminal cancer and blur the lines between mind and matter and smear time like butter on toast. What happens to all the invisible structures held in place by the myths of progress, technology, and human superiority? Why would anyone listen to the government when they probably know less about these beings firsthand than the average local backwoods shaman. I want to be clear, I'm not saying that I don't think physical aliens exist. I don't have a fucking clue. Nor am I saying that all non-human intelligences are of one malicious, insidious variety trying to seed our planet with the malicious technology. Remember, there have been undebunkable crop circles with messages encoded within them, stating in literal English that these beings are not all the same and to beware of the gifts that they bring. So whoever sent that message seems to be of a different opinion. Through that, hopefully, what I'm elucidating, all I'm trying to say is this. It's spirits. It has always been spirits. It doesn't matter if you rebrand them as non-human intelligences or inorganic beings. They are still what they are. And we have always been in relation to them. It does not matter if you rebrand them as aliens. They will behave as they always have. It does not matter if you are poor or physically powerless. You can still contact them. Potentially to your own ill fortune. Potentially to your own gain. In fact, you and I have a better chance of being in relation to them to have a chance in hell of understanding any of this than the renowned experts of whatever at NASA and Central Intelligence. And the only thing being invaded here is your mind.